Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast, where we want to connect your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Hey, thank you so much for being here. If you dig this podcast, would you consider liking, sharing it, or leaving a review in whatever Apple store or Google Play store that you get this from? Today, I want to talk to you about something most of us could use a little more of from time to time, and that is confidence. I want to offer you four areas where you're going to have to choose to be repeatedly confident. I've also got some personal updates at the end, but I'm eager to share this content with you. So let's jump right in. And today I want to talk to you about confidence, specifically confidence to step out to move forward, and to take the shot when we're afraid to do so. Now, this podcast comes from a post that you can find at markcarter.life, and we'll link to that in the description. And of course, there are times when we're revved up and we're ready to go, and the Spirit of God is holding us back. You can find examples of this in like Acts chapter 16, when Paul is seeking to move forward into new areas in his missionary work, And it says in verse 7 that the Spirit of Jesus would not permit him to move forward into certain areas. Uh, There's also places in like John 11 where Jesus himself seems to be restrained uh, to go back and heal Lazarus when his sisters are requesting his help. So, of course, there's always times when, no, dude, like, I know you want to have confidence and step out, but that's not what you should do because the Spirit of God is holding you back, or as you seek him, you're getting kind of a yield sign. But I really believe that the enemy attacks a leader's confidence. There are things that we really should do. There's things that we should step out and pursue moving forward in, and yet we're not because of fear or you know other circumstances that are happening in our life that would just cause us to second guess, is this really God? So let's start with just the idea of confidence. Confidence is a big deal. If we're going to lead anything, we've got to walk in confidence. Confidence is a form of faith, and it's really faith in God, not ourselves. Nobody likes a prideful jerk, but nobody wants to follow somebody who can't take the shot. And when our faith is in God, it's not that I'm awesome. It's just that, hey, man, somebody's got to do something. So I'm trusting that God is really going to be leading me and using me. And yes, I might be a little timid about it, but I'm still going to have courage and step out. Confidence is the thing that separates leaders uh, from those who just want to stay. Remember what identified David as a leader? I mean, this is the first thing. Sure, he was he was anointed. He was called. He was The prophet had already spoken. And yet it wasn't until he ran out to the line and fought Goliath. Nobody else was moving, man. Everybody else was staying. But David went. That's what leaders do. Leaders go first and they face the scary things. When Joshua was about to go into the promised land, I think it's pretty significant that one of the things the Lord said to him in Joshua 1 and 9 was, hey man, you need to be strong and courageous. I'm going to be with you wherever you go, but Joshua, you're the one who has to go, so now go. Now when we talk about confidence, what are we, what are we talking about? Obviously we're not talking about being haughty. Okay, pride doesn't even seriously consider that it could be wrong. Like, we're not talking about that. We're not like being so confident that you're like, of course, everything I do and say is right. 
Rather, we're talking about confident humility that knows, you know, I could be wrong, but I trust the Lord will course correct me and guide me as long as I'm staying in communion with him, as long as we're staying in conversation. So we don't mean haughty. We also don't mean fake competence, meaning we're not talking about a fake it till you make it kind of thing. You actually should have at least some level of understanding of what you're doing. People don't want to follow someone that genuinely has never uh, even contemplated this before. So we're not talking about fake competence. What we're talking about is a faith-filled attitude. It's an attitude that says, you know what, God and I can make it. It's just a can-do attitude. Paul has this attitude. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can survive the prison cell. I can survive it if they flog me again. I can survive a day and a night in the sea. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall, not because I'm the Incredible Hulk, but because my God is powerful and my God is surrounding me and my God is the one who's giving me victory as I walk encourage. Here's the reason why we need to walk in confidence. Because if we don't, nothing ever really moves forward. I mean, think about this. Until somebody does something, usually things pretty much stay the same or they get worse. Things change because somebody steps up and does something about it. Now, here's the deal. A thousand little wins make you feel like you can win. Like they just build on each other. It's like, oh, I've won here before, so I think I'll win again. And that's why we need to practice just saying, I'm just going to keep going because the fact of winning things makes me feel more confident that I will win in the future. But it also works the other way. As we practice shrinking back, it trains us to not take the shot. And so when we're just timid and and holding back again and again and again, all we're doing is reinforcing this pattern and this habit in our lives of, well, I don't tend to take the shot. I tend to think about it some more. I tend to just withhold. I tend to back up. I tend to keep it on the hard drive and never send it out. And that is not what a leader does. A leader has to walk in confidence. Though we don't think about it this way, an afraid-to-lose mindset is usually just shorthand for, I'm afraid to learn how to win. Let me say it this way. Having a bent toward action is way stronger than having a bent toward considering. You don't want a ton of people on your team that have a bent toward considering. You want a bunch of people on your team that have a bent toward doing. Of course, they do their research. Of course, they understand uh, a lot about the world. Of course, they're firing bullets before cannonballs. They're taking little risks and then recalibrating to take big risks. But you've got to have people that maybe at the end of the day, they're going to pull the trigger. Now, if this is true about those who have confidence, why do people pull back? Well, this is just some reasons that I've seen over the years. I think one reason is that people have a misunderstanding of failure. A lot of folks are scared to death of failure. Maybe this is a family of origin thing, or they failed early on in life, but they learned the wrong lesson from it. See, the lesson they learn is, hey man, quit trying. Instead of, oh, that way doesn't happen to work, but another way will. In my early 20s, I was involved in a church split. And in the rubble of that, in the aftermath of that, you know, I mean, we'd really believed and we'd really pushed and and it was just so disheartening. And I can remember walking through the park one day and just having this suggestion really loud, almost like spoken aloud into my mind. And it just said, what's the use? And it was so loud that it was like, that wasn't even my thought. And yet I really believe it was demonic. I believe the enemy wanted to shut down my faith and say, you tried once, don't try again. We've got to have the courage to get back up and try again and just say instead of, oh, well, what's the use? Oh, that particular way didn't happen to work. 
I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll reevaluate. I'll learn some lessons from it. I'll put together some principles to take from that, but then I'll move on and try again because just because something didn't work the perfect way, dude, you just had the wrong recipe. Study the recipe more and do the recipe that works and you'll gain some confidence. Of course, there's real stakes, but most people think about success as not failing instead of multiple little failures on its way to success. I want to recommend John Maxwell's Failing Forward. This is an incredible book that helped me really rethink how I think about failure. Read that not long after that situation in the park. Really revolutionized how I was processing my own failures and how to think about moving forward and having the confidence to take the shot. Perhaps we also need to ask ourselves if we have a wrong understanding of humility. See, humility isn't just telling ourselves that we're not good. It's not, I suck. It's putting less stock in our abilities in the first place. Humility isn't really confidence in me. It's in God around me as I step out. Now, here's a really important question that I think we need to ask. At some point, I think we need to evaluate. We need to ask ourselves the question, is it possible that I'm actually failing to help people because I'm afraid it will look prideful? In other words, I'm afraid to step out because people are just going to judge it. They're just going to say, who are they to do this thing? And dude, I totally get that. When I started this podcast, I was afraid people would think I was haughty. And maybe they do, but I still feel like it's worth it to help people. If you're nervous about raising your hand, I just want you to consider the possibility maybe you're the one who should raise your hand. Maybe you're the one that help would come through. Some can even be afraid to step out confidently because they're afraid they'll get haughty. Like maybe you're afraid you'll look haughty. Maybe you're afraid you'll actually get haughty. Can I just tell you a secret? God is determined to keep you humble anyway. The Holy Spirit will follow you home. Listen, you might as well just go ahead and step out because the Lord is determined to sanctify you. Like he will find you trials to keep you healthy. You don't need to worry about his job. He'll handle the keeping you humble thing. But I'd rather be in Jesus's humility school and be effective because I stepped out than be safely humble but too afraid to do anything. Are we hearing that? So let me just challenge you. Look, baby... I know like you want to make sure it's God and and yes, do all that, but then don't be afraid that people are just going to think you're haughty. Don't be afraid people are going to think you're prideful. Look, you got people to help. So get out there and do something that's going to help people. So now I want to give you four key areas where Bible leaders need to deliberately walk in confidence. Here's number one. We need to have confidence to walk into new seasons. Sometimes, you know, we all can just get emotionally attached to previous people, previous roles, previous seasons, and we need to just decide, hey, that was good. God was in that, but now I've got to have confidence to move into the next thing. God was in the last thing. He'll be in the new thing. God won't forget to watch over us. God knows that things change and he's going to help me as I walk into this next season, but I can't cling to the past. I can't be looking behind me like Lot's wife. I've got to move forward. Got to have confidence to walk into new seasons. Here's number two. We've got to have confidence to ask for things. You never know what just asking will get you. And here's what I found. Oftentimes, nobody's going to come along and force you to ask. You can see the opportunity. You're like, man, if I would just ask that person for time, if I would just ask that person if they were available, if I would just ask, you never know what they might resource me with. You never know what door might open. You never know if they'll let me do that thing on the team. You never know. So in 2015, the church that I lead became part of a church merger that ultimately solved a lot of problems for our church, but it didn't happen 
until one crucial moment when God gave me the courage just to ask. I'm sitting across the lunch table from the guy who has the power to open up that conversation. And you know, in that moment, you're like, oh, you know, why would he want to do that? And that, you know, that'll never work. And just, I felt like the spirit of God rolled up in me. Dude, just ask, just ask. And so it was just one simple question. Hey, what do you think about this? Boom, the whole conversation starts. 10 months goes by of planning and praying. And then this thing comes together, but it all started. The catalyst was one question, just having the confidence to ask. Hey, it's very unlikely that asking will put you in a worse position. You don't have the thing now. So why don't you just ask? At least then there's the possibility that you'll get into a better position. So have confidence to walk into new seasons. Have confidence to ask for things. Here's number three. Have confidence when no one is with you. Leaders go first. If everyone knew it was a great idea to begin with, they would have done it. No one would need to go first because we'd all be doing it. And sometimes when we're rejected, we feel like, well, you know, people already don't want my leadership. Hey, listen, one rejection should not be able to slow us down or take our eyes off the ball. I know you don't feel supported. Often we don't feel supported. When you know that God has called you, we need to buck up. We need to grab ourselves by the collar and say, listen, not everyone is going to like it. Not everybody's going to be ready, but I need to do it because it's time to do it. And sometimes, you know, there won't be immediate encouragement about it. When I was 19, I tried to lead my first Bible study. Man, I was so impacted by the scriptures. I was like, man, I'm going to take this campus for Christ. I was just so excited about it. God already went, you know, announced it, put up flyers. We had flyers in those days, putting up flyers all around. I go to wait in the spot where we're going to meet. Dude, nobody comes. Half hour, 45 minutes, nobody comes. Well, no one came the next week. No one came many times that semester. And I felt so discouraged. But I just knew that, listen, you got to keep at it. You got to keep pushing. And what it taught me was perseverance. Leaders can't need everybody's applause all the time. Sometimes we're just in a training process. We've got to push and the Lord will shut it down if it's not him. We never really learn this perseverance if we always need a thousand Instagram likes on whatever it is we're trying to do. So what are they again? Have confidence to walk into new seasons. Have confidence to ask for things. Have confidence when no one is with you. And then number four, have confidence to seek out new opportunities. My friends, sometimes it's just time to start. You got to try things and check it out. Here's the good news. You get lots of chances. Like you don't have to finish everything that you start, you can get into it and find out, oh, I don't really like this, or this wasn't a good idea. Now, obviously, you want to have low-risk versions of that. You know, Jesus talks about, hey, um, don't build a tower until you know what it takes to complete it. But let's just remember, he's talking about a tower. Like Jesus was talking about the capital to complete a tower. That doesn't mean you can't start a YouTube channel without having this full, robust plan. You can just figure out if you like it. It doesn't mean that you can't try out a new role. It doesn't mean you can't go out for that different promotion. Like you don't have to know all of the answers. Obviously, yes, if it's a very costly thing, you're going to make sure you have the money for it. All we're saying is if something's low risk, you can abandon it if it doesn't work, but you won't know if you don't start. I found so many ministries that we've done at my church that we've learned, oh, we shouldn't do that. Like, but we had to try it to figure it out. We kept it low stakes. Everything's an experiment. And if it doesn't work, we'll back out of it. But you've got to try some things or you just never really know. But again, somebody needs to go first. What do we have? Four key areas where Bible leaders need to deliberately walk in confidence. We've got to walk in confidence. 
Have confidence to walk into new seasons. Have confidence to ask for things. You never know what you'll get. Have confidence when no one is with you. Jesus is with you in that moment. Have confidence to seek out new opportunities. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Some big news for me is that my wife and I are heading to Jamaica for our 20th anniversary. Can you believe it's been that long? Pray for us that the Lord will inspire fresh vision for his kingdom, fresh passion for Jesus, and fresh passion for one another. Some more big news is that I recently finished updating my Patreon page. So head on over there and see that. And if you feel like supporting the creation of more digital resources that will help you and others grow as spiritual leaders, that would be greatly appreciated. Go check it out at patreon.com slash bibleleadership. And thank you guys for those who do support the podcast for making this possible. You can pledge as little as $3. Anything you pledge goes a long way toward helping us create more digital resources to help people grow as spiritual leaders. You guys have been amazing so far, so thank you so much for that. Now, we've also got two conferences coming up that I want to make you aware of. The first is the Global Leadership Summit. If you are an influencer or you want to influence people in a greater way, then you've got to attend the Global Leadership Summit on August 8th and 9th. Speakers like Craig Rochelle, Daniel Strickland, Bear Grylls. Now, I would just tell you from one leader to another that it's so important to invest in yourself and in your personal leadership development. So if you go to the torch.church slash GLS, you can find all the information you need to get registered today. Six weeks later is the Sword Girl Conference, and this is the ultimate girl power Jesus fest that we do every year at Torch of Faith. Ladies, you do not want to miss it. This year, we've got Jamie Ivey, Stephanie Boyce, Sophie Hudson, Mackenzie Carter. It is September 20th through 21st, and right now the price is only $80. Go check it out at the Sword Girl Conference. Hey, I consider it a privilege to talk to you about leadership. Remember, leaders go first. They go in humility. They go with the power of the Holy Spirit, but they go first. And Jesus will go with you. So go in confidence.